Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. This is the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have been borne the burden of the heat of the day? But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. For many are called, but few chosen. So this is the parable, as I mentioned, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. When you heard the reading of the parable of the laborers or the workers in the vineyard just now, did your heart leap for joy? Were you thrilled when you heard that the workers who toiled and slaved all day long in the hot sun were going to get the same day's wages as those who worked only one hour? I don't think so. Let's face it, this is not one of Jesus' more popular parables. It's the parable most everyone loves to hate, and for good reason. The parable runs against the grain of one of our most deeply cherished values, the value of hard work and just reward. The more you work and the more productive you are, the more you ought to get paid. I don't know many people who would disagree with that. The parable provokes one of the most primitive cries of our childhood. When one sibling gets a better shake than another, the one who feels cheated screams, but that's not fair. And so it goes. Some seem to get more than they deserve while others get less. It's just not right. Who in their right mind pays someone who has worked one hour the same as he pays someone who has done the same job for 12 hours? This isn't a good business sense either. But this story is not about running a business. 
This parable is all about the compassion of God. Before we get into the parable, though, let's look at some background first. In Jesus' day, the historian Josephus, or Josephus tells there was a lot of unemployment. And there was no Social Security to fall back on, no welfare, nothing like that. There was no trade union to protect the worker. So the master of the field really could do what he wanted with his money. The details of the story are the sort of thing that could easily have happened to any Jewish village during the grape harvest. The wage of one denarius was quite a generous wage for a full day's unskilled labor, as evidenced by the fact that the first set of workers readily agreed to it. Up to this point, the story is quite regular, but then we find three surprises. First, the employer himself goes down to the job market to find workers. Second, when he pays the laborers off at the end of the day, he gives everyone the same wage. And third, the reaction of the day-long workers. It isn't fair. So let's take a look at each of these three surprises here today. The first surprise in the parable was that the employer himself goes down to the job market. For unskilled labor, it would have been far more useful to send a foreman down to hire laborers. Makes sense. They're unskilled. They're just bodies. So who is this unusual employer that goes down to hire these laborers? In this parable, Jesus' hearers would have immediately recognized that the employer represents God and that the vineyard represents Israel, as the vineyard was a well-known image in the Old Testament for God's people, for Israel. So the laborers who are sent out into the vineyard are the people God calls to be his servants, working for the kingdom of God. So what is Jesus trying to say about God? With the surprise of the employer going down to the job market himself, he is saying that God personally calls us each to our own ministry and that he really cares for each one of us, however humble or great we are. The second surprise in the parable was that when the employer paid the laborers off at the end of the day, he gave everyone the same wage. Obviously, those who had worked longer expected more. Yet the workers that had worked 12 hours for the owner of the vineyard had undertaken a contract for one denarius. So why should he have paid more? It is amazing how people want more as soon as they hear someone has more favorable terms than they have. The workers who had worked the full 12 hours would have been satisfied with their pay if they had not seen what the other workers had earned, or if those who had only worked one hour uh, only got one-twelfth of a denarius. Perhaps there is a moral there for us today. Jesus is saying that we should be content with what God gives us and not be jealous if it seems someone is getting a better deal than us. The writer of the book of Ecclesiastes hit the nail on the head when he said, Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This, too, is meaningless. I've never heard anyone on their deathbed saying, I wish I had spent more time in the office. But there are many who wish they had invested more time in their families 
or God's work. And the final surprise is this, the reaction of the day laborers. It just isn't fair. See, in the world's eyes, it wasn't fair for the laborers who had worked the whole day to get only as much as those who had worked a small portion of the day. But if he had given the last workers, who had only been able to work one hour, one-twelfth of a denarius, they would not have been able to feed themselves and their family that day. That puts a different twist on the story, doesn't it? But God's kingdom is an upside-down world, isn't it? God isn't interested in paying a few fat cats top dollar. He is concerned that all who work for him have enough for their needs. God's ways are not the ways of the world. Conventional wisdom says you have to fight to get ahead. But Jesus says the meek shall inherit the earth. Conventional wisdom says make sure you get in there first and forget about everyone else. But Jesus said, but many who are first will be last and many who are last shall be first. Conventional wisdom would say that if you want to have an impact on the world, you need the best brains, those with a steady nerve when the going gets tough, and those with the most influence on your team. But Jesus called 12 uneducated apostles to be on his team. None of them had a, a, a degree in theology from Oxford or Cambridge. Four of them were simple fishermen that we know. Two of them were terrorists, the zealots, were first century Jewish terrorists. Another was a tax collector and another was a traitor. But Jesus, in God's upside-down world, called them to be his laborers. And within three centuries, they indeed had turned the world upside down. You see, in God's kingdom, God has totally different values. He doesn't pay a fair wage but is committed to supplying all his workers' needs. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, meaning your needs, will be given to you as well. If we work in God's kingdom, God will provide for what we need. If we are going to work for God, we need to understand the rules of his upside-down kingdom. First, God personally calls each of us to our own ministry, and really cares for each one of us, however humble or great we are. We are more than numbers on a payroll. Second, Jesus is saying that we should be content with what God gives us and not be jealous if it seems someone is getting a better deal than us. Third, God isn't interested in paying a few top executives. He is concerned that all who work for him have enough for their needs. There is equality in the rewards given among the servants of God. When it comes to faithfully discharging the tasks he has given us to do, all the laborers worked in the field for as long as the employer had asked them to. And by being faithful, their reward was the same. I remember a story of a union steward who uh, um, he was a union steward for much of his life, maybe 40 years, 30, 40 years. And as he came to Christ later on in life, he read this passage and he just, he just was, was stunned. He just couldn't believe that. As a union steward, he knew this was not fair. He said the same thing as the other laborers. This was not fair. 
But then as he looked at it from God's perspective, he realized that God takes care of his people, no matter when they come to him in their lives. So all labors are paid according to God's will. And by being faithful, their reward is the same. Let me leave you with Jesus' own words on this matter. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you need will be given to you as well. That comes from Matthew chapter 6. You can be assured that God will supply all our needs as we labor to do what he has called us to do. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That when we were ungodly and deserved nothing, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Thank you for taking us and giving us such undeserved blessing, such immense privilege as to be a part of your kingdom and receive the eternal life. Thank you for letting us labor in your kingdom. When nobody deserves anything anyway, and no human work makes any contribution, surely it is all equal grace. We are humbled by this kind of treatment. Your ways are equal. And we praise you for that. Lord, help us to realize how undeserving we are of anything, let alone eternal life and receive the gift with humility, and be willing to take the humblest grace in your kingdom. For we know what you said. The least in your kingdom is in fact the greatest. May you be pleased, Lord, with our humility in the face of such kindness. And we ask these things in our Savior's name. Amen.